Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. When I went to college, I lived in a dorm. This was an unusual change for me. I was what you call a homebody. I liked to stay in a very comfortable situation, so I felt like I was thrown into a whole new world, and this was probably a good thing for me. But the problem was, at first, it was sort of difficult to find friends. It took me a while back home to find them, and then to try to make a whole new set of them was kind of difficult. I had a roommate, we were sort of acquaintances, and I made some other sort of friends. Then, just as now and when I was a kid, television was very important to me. And I had brought a small television with me to school. The thing is, there was no cable TV, and we got no reception in our rooms. So there was a common area that had a TV, just one TV, in the whole dorm room. And surprisingly, it was often unused after, say, 9 o'clock. It had basic cable, and after 9, I would head down there, and I would watch TV. This must have been late October I got down there, I was flipping through the channels, and one of these networks was showing a rerun of The Facts of Life Goes to Paris. I had a soda, some pretzels, I started watching it. About 10-15 minutes in, this guy came in, said, what are you watching? I looked at him, I said, Facts of Life Goes to Paris. He said, cool. He sat down on the other side of the sofa and started watching. During commercials, I offered him some pretzels, and we started talking. Turns out we liked a lot of the same TV. That day, I made my first college friend over watching The Facts of Life, and we would later go on to become roommates, and we lived together for multiple years. I often wonder what my college career would have been like had I not gone down to watch The Facts of Life that night. I'm sure it would have been fine, but it wouldn't have been as easy, because having a friend, someone who year to year you can count on, is a pretty good thing. So on today's show, we're going to talk about the TV show, The Facts of Life. We'll talk about the stars of the show, the spin-offs, where the show came from, the attempted spin-offs, how well the show was received, where you can find The Facts of Life today, and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. Facts of Life was a sitcom that ran on the NBC television network from August 24th, 1979 to May 7th, 1988. If that sounds long, that is because it is. It is the longest running sitcom of the 1980s. The show started as a spin-off of another TV show, a sitcom called Different Strokes, which starred Gary Coleman. 
In that show, Charlotte Ray played Edna Garrett, who was the housekeeper on the show. And Kimberly, who was the daughter on Different Strokes, went to a fictional boarding school. For the sake of Facts of Life, she would leave Different Strokes and become the house mother and later dietitian at this fictional boarding school, Eastland, in Peekskill, New York. The show was produced by TAT Communications, which would later become Embassy Television. Nowadays, the show is owned by Sony Pictures Television. From 79 to 82, it was produced at Metro Media Square in Los Angeles. Then in 1982, it moved to Universal City Studios. And then in 1985, it moved yet again to Sunset Gower Studios. As I said, the show started as a spinoff of Different Strokes. The pilot was a backdoor pilot in the last episode of Different Strokes first season, and it was called The Girls' School, a.k.a. Garrett's Girls. The pilot had Kimberly asking Mrs. Garrett to help sew costumes for a student play at East Lake School for Girls, which is the school that Kimberly attended in upstate New York, which would later be changed to Eastland School when the show would continue. Mrs. Garrett agrees to help. The play goes well. She also helps one of the other students and is asked to stay on as the new house mother up there. At the end of that episode, though, she doesn't commit because we weren't sure if this was going to get picked up. It was, and in the new series, the name would get changed and certain characters would be dropped and new ones brought in. There would be a little bit of crossover between the shows. You would think maybe Kimberly, who isn't always the main star of Different Strokes, would be more at home on Facts of Life, but in fact... She very rarely appears on the show and doesn't cross over as a regular character with Mrs. Garrett. The show's first season sort of always takes place in this one room, and there are a bunch of characters, seven girls, in fact. This would later get streamlined as the show moved forward. They also had some other characters who would become extraneous, including the headmaster of the school and an Eastland teacher. This first season is pure 80s learn-a-lesson television, the type of stuff I love, still love it to this day, kind of heavy-handed, great stuff. Now, the original idea for Facts of Life is not a new one. There was a CBS sitcom called Dorothy, which had a short run a year or two before Facts of Life would get picked up. It starred Dorothy Loudon and Linda Manns. I tried to track down episodes of Dorothy unsuccessfully. I'm not really surprised there are lots of shows that get out there and then somebody else takes it and for whatever reason it suddenly becomes popular. This seemed to be one of those situations. At the end of the first season, there was a major retooling. There was just way too many characters to have in this very short format. Four of the original characters on the show were cut. Cindy, Nancy, Sue Ann, and Molly. They were all written out of the show, although they would make occasional appearances in the third season and in, again in the eighth season. The headmaster character was dropped, replaced with another headmaster who we never really got to see. In addition to becoming the house mother, Mrs. Garrett also becomes the school dietitian. A new character is also introduced, Joe Polnicek, a Tom girl from the Bronx who comes to Eastland on a scholarship. They introduced Joe after NBC chief Fred Silverman had seen the film Little Darlings, which if you haven't seen, you really should. And he thought that a sort of streetwise student would really work in this boarding school world and might really play well off of the Blair character. As the show continued on, these girls are going to graduate, and they did in 1983, which makes sense when you're looking at a timeline. But the show was still doing pretty well, so how do you keep this going? 
They had Mrs. Garrett start a business for herself, a gourmet business called Edna's Edibles, and the girls came to work for her and live in the house attached to the store. As the show moved forward, they would actually destroy Edna's Edibles in the season 7 premiere, Out of the Fire, and Edna's Edibles would be replaced by a pop culture gift shop called Over Our Heads, because running the business, they were over their heads. This caused a rating surge for Facts of Life. Mrs. Garrett's role in these latter seasons was greatly reduced, and finally she would leave the series altogether and would be replaced when she marries a guy who is over in Africa working for the Peace Corps. Her sister, Beverly Ann Stickle, played by Cloris Leachman, would come over to help the girls and take over the shop. Two other sort of main characters would be added to the show. Mackenzie Aston plays Andy Moffat, who was a young kid who worked at the store. He would later be adopted by Beverly Ann, and famously, George Clooney would join the cast. Today's show is brought to you by your local barber shop. Need a haircut? Go to the barber. At this barbershop, we've got the latest magazines And real fine equipment that is great The atmosphere's pleasant conversation, the best, and oh yes Haircut while you wait those barbershops. A little bit about the cast of the show. Charlotte Ray played Mrs. Edna Garrett from 1979 to 1986. Charlotte Ray is probably best known for her work in Facts of Life and, of course, Different Strokes. Lisa Welchel played Blair Warner. Welchel was born in 1963. American actress, singer, songwriter, public speaker, was a mouseketeer on the new Mickey Mouse Club. Most recently, she was on the television show Survivor. Nancy McKean, played Joe Polnicek. McKean and her brother, Philip, both actors, appeared in multiple commercials. You might know her brother, who was in the TV show Alice with Linda Lavin. The show would end in 88, and in 94, McKean would audition for the role of Monica Geller on the TV show Friends. That role would eventually go to Courtney Cox. She would appear in two other series in the 90s, Can't Hurry Love in 1995, which lasted one season, and Style in Substance in 1998. Mindy Cohn played Natalie Green, born in 1966, actress, comedian, probably best known for Facts of Life, but she's also the voice of Velma Dinkley in the Scooby-Doo franchise since 2002. Mindy actually didn't audition for the show. When producers were trying to come up with how to do the show, they visited a girls' school, and they met Mindy, who was in the school, and thought she was amazing, and asked her to test for the role. Mindy was the overweight girl on the show, in an interview I saw with Mindy, she talked about the fact that she was losing weight during the show because she was being very active at this time, and the producers weren't too pleased with it and would dress her in baggy clothing to make her appear heavier. I think Lisa Welchel said she had the opposite problem in that she was bored on the set and she would start eating, and the people behind the show were like, whoa, you gotta slow down. 
which I guess is a very common thing on television. Kim Fields played Dorothy Tootie Ramsey. Fields was born in 1969, singer and actress, TV director, probably best known for two things, her role as Tootie on Facts of Life and for her role on the Fox sitcom Living Single. In 84, Fields released two singles, she's a singer, on the Critique Records label, both of which would become minor hits, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and Dear Michael. Cloris Leachman played Beverly Ann Stickle. She was born in 1926, American actress, film, television, stage, has won many awards in her time. For TV audiences, she's probably best known for her work on the Mary Tyler Moore Show, which would later get spun off as the TV show Phyllis. She would appear in three Mel Brooks films, including the classic Young Frankenstein. Mackenzie Aston played Andy Moffat, born in 1973. He's the son of actress Patty Duke and John Aston. His older brother is Sean Aston, the Hobbit, probably best remembered for his role on Facts of Life, but he would appear on other TV shows including House, Psych, Grey's Anatomy, and NCIS. George Clooney played George Burnett. George Timothy Clooney is born in 61. Actor, producer, film director, huge movie star, probably best known for being a huge movie star, but in the 80s, he was best known to me for his work on Facts of Life and later for his work on the TV show ER. Rounding out the cast, just to name some of the original people on the show, Nancy Olson was played by Felice Schachter. Cindy Webster was played by Julianne Haddock. Sue Ann Weaver was played by Julie Bukarski. And Molly Ringwald played Molly Parker. Wonder if Molly Ringwald had had a television career. Would she have done all those movies she did? Other recurring cast members are Jeff Williams, played by Todd Hallowell. Charlie Polnicek, played by Alex Rocco, what a great actor he is, and Jerry Tyler, played by Jerry Jewell. Jerry was a key recurring character on the show, and the actress who played her and the character had cerebral palsy. The Facts of Life was the first show to feature a person with CP as a recurring character. Jewell thought that she was going to be a regular character on the show. The producers came up to her and said that they would only give her one episode of that upcoming season because when people saw her, they thought it was going to be a very special episode of the television show. And she stopped appearing because that's not how she wanted to have her career go forward. Jewel would continue to act. I think most recently she was on the TV show Deadwood. Now with a little bit more about Mrs. Garrett. Charlotte Ray is Vic Sage with Why Should I Know This Person? Hi friends, Vic Sage here with Why Should I Know This Person? And this time we are shining a spotlight on Facts of Life co-star Charlotte Ray. Charlotte Ray Lubotsky was born on April 22, 1926 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Raised on a farm, with her two sisters, Beverly and Mimi, she had dreams of becoming a dramatic actress, but thanks to her stand-up comedy routines, she found herself becoming a comedian. After graduating Shorewood High School, Charlotte attended the Northwestern University. There she met and became a lifelong friend of Cloris Leachman. Leachman would go on to play the role of Beverly in the Facts of Life TV series after Charlotte stepped down. Cloris Leachman wasn't the only future famous person that Charlotte would befriend at the university. She also came to know Charlton Heston, Patricia Neal, Martha Heyer, Agnes Nixon, and Paul Lynn. Charlotte dropped her last name after she was told by a radio personality that with it, she wouldn't be able to make it in show business. Some of her earlier recurring TV appearances was back in 1955 with The Phil Silver Show. 
And then Ray co-starred in 11 episodes of Car 54 as Sylvia Schnauzer. When not appearing in TV shows, she found work on Broadway, like creating the role of Mammy Yoakum in the production of Lil Abner, but she continued to work throughout the years. It was in 1971, though, that she began to appear quite regularly on TV. She was Molly the Mail Lady in eight episodes of Sesame Street, appeared in The Partridge Family, Macmillan and Wife, The Paul Lynn Show, All in the Family, and Good Times. Charlotte became friends with Norman Lear back in 1950 on an episode of the Colgate Comedy Hour. That, and her appearance in All of the Family, is how she got the role of Edna Garrett in 1978's Different Strokes, where she would appear for 38 episodes, and of course, the spin-off, The Facts of Life, where she would appear in 145 episodes. Charlotte Ray also can lay claim to landing Mindy Cohn, the job of Natalie. She met the young woman while she and the producers were prepping at an all-girls school for research and casting. Other notable TV shows that Ray appeared in during the time include Four Episodes of The Love Boat, St. Elsewhere, and Murder, She Wrote. This has been Vic Sage with Why Should I Know This Person? Signing off until next time. Thanks, Vic. The theme song for the show is very famous. It was composed by Al Burton, Gloria Loring, and Gloria's husband at the time, Alan Thicke. Alan Thicke would go on to do the TV show Growing Pains. In the first season, some of the lyrics were actually performed by Ray. It makes sense that they would bring those three people together to do this because the theme to Different Strokes was composed by them, and that song was actually sung by Alan Thicke. When the show premiered in 1979... It wasn't a rating success. In fact, it was number 74 for the ratings. But then the show would slowly move forward and would never crack the top 10, but it would consistently do decent. It was this sort of moderate hit for its entire run. Its best seasons were the third, fifth, and sixth season, where it would be number 24 for the year. But even when it finished, it had only slipped to number 37 in 1987-1988. The show would garner some nominations for Emmy Awards, including for Charlotte Ray in 1982 for Best Actress, for some outstanding technical work in 1986, and for some hairstyling in 1987. Sadly, it didn't win those. Which episodes of The Facts of Life are the best? Here's Metagirl with the retroist top five episodes of The Facts of Life. Five. Four. Three, two, one. Greetings, retro fans. This is Metagirl bringing you the top five episodes of the 80s sitcom The Facts of Life. At number five is season five, episode six, The Halloween Show. A bizarre man tells the girls that years ago, a murder had been committed at the store that was now Edna's Edibles. Later, when the girls see Mrs. Garrett with a knife, they conclude that she's possessed by the murderer's spirit and that they are all in danger. Tootie plans an exorcism, but then the bizarre man disappears and the girls believe Mrs. Garrett may have killed him. Number four is season nine, episode 16, The First Time. On their first anniversary as a couple, Natalie and Snake decide to become intimate, making Natalie the first of the girls to lose her virginity. Natalie discovers the joys and responsibilities of sexual maturity and deals with the reactions of her friends. Number three is season four, episode 22, Take My Finals, Please. 
It's finals week at Eastland, and despite Mrs. Garrett's objections, the girls are planning an all-night study session. As the hours fly by, not much exam preparation is accomplished, as the girls are too distracted by constant thoughts of their future. At number two is Season 6, Episode 5, Cruisin'. With no other plans, the girls decide to take Blair's dad's car and go cruising in downtown Peekskill. They don't find Mr. Wright as they had hoped, but a series of strange happenings drives them to hide out in their car at a closed gas station. And the number one episode of The Facts of Life is... Season 3, Episode 16, The Four Musketeers. Continuous bickering between the girls over their petty personality differences prompts Mrs. Garrett to declare that the debt for wrecking the van has been paid off and that they are all free to move out and live in the dorms. However, the girls soon understand their appreciation for one another and decide that they wouldn't change a thing. And there you have it, the Retroist's top five episodes of the television series The Facts of Life. Until next time, List fans, this has been Metagirl. Thanks, Metagirl. There would be three Facts of Life movies, specials. The Facts of Life Go to Paris, which was a two-hour TV movie from 1982 in which Mrs. Garrett and the girls travel to Paris. Later, this would be part of the syndication package that would run and be divided into four episodes. In 1987, The Facts of Life Down Under, where The Facts of Life Go to Australia premiered. This would also become part of the syndication package in four half-hour episodes. In 2001, a Facts of Life reunion was aired, in which Mrs. Garrett and the girls reunited for Thanksgiving. If you want to catch that, it sort of shows every once in a while on ABC Family. Just sort of got to check your schedule, maybe do a search, look for it. Facts of Life itself was a backdoor pilot, and they attempted multiple backdoor pilots for Facts of Life. A backdoor pilot is when they take an episode, and it has almost nothing to do with the actual show you're watching. They introduce new characters, and they're testing out how the audience is going to react to these characters. Some of the attempted Spinoffs for Facts of Life were during Season 2, Brian and Sylvia. In this episode, Tootie and Natalie go to visit Tootie's Aunt Sylvia, who is married to Richard Dean Anderson, who would later go on to be in MacGyver and Stargate SG-1. In Season 3, The Academy, which would have been set at Stone Academy, which is a military school near Eastland. In Season 3, they tried another one, Joe's Cousin, in which Joe visited her family, and it would have been about... This cousin, Terry, who's growing up in a house full of men. In season four, we're back to Stone Academy. Still, this thing ain't working out. But it seems like they do not want to give up on this academy. In season nine, they tried a whole bunch of stuff. Stuff about Blair in law school. Another where Natalie goes to a loft in Soho and hangs out with all these cool people, including Richard Grieco and David Spade early on in their careers. And then finally, in the finale, we see Blair buying Eastland to prevent its closing, and this could have started a sort of reboot of the show and would have had new Eastland students. Some of the people in that include Juliet Lewis, Mayim Bialik, Blossom, and Seth Green. The show was quite successful in syndication and occasionally crops up again. Most recently, it was on the channel The Hub, and it ran from 2012 to 2013. Sadly, I've been looking online and have been unable to find it running in syndication anywhere but I can't imagine that will last for long. If you would like to watch the entire series run of Facts of Life, it is not easy. The first five seasons have been released on DVD, but the remaining seasons are still to be announced. I keep waiting and looking. 
Now, last time it ran on television, I recorded many, many episodes, so I have quite a lot of them. But there are a few I'm missing, so I keep my eyes peeled and keep hoping it will show up on television again so I could record it or that they will finally release these final DVDs. The Facts of Life is a classic 80s sitcom, and it's really good because it starts in the late 70s, and you can watch as the 80s slowly take over, and when they open over our heads, the whole 80s pop culture thing is in full effect, and you have these great characters, fun writing, a silly premise, and what more could you want in an 80s sitcom? So if you haven't checked out Facts of Life, please do. I think you'll enjoy it. Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks to Vic Sage for another great Why Should I Know This Person. If you have feedback for Vic, you can email him at vicsage at retroist.com. Thanks to Metagirl for another great top five list. If you have feedback for Metagirl or a list suggestion, you can email her at metagirl at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. She was like, why would you want to leave? And in fact, I was just totally tied up in the idea and romance of boarding schools. I was a stupid kid. This has been a retrospective production. Goodbye.